Do it again. I'm high. Hi. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I do the Zeke. <laughs> I pulled the Zeke. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. For those of you keeping score at home, Nikki is high. Do it again. I'm high. Hi. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, I do the Zeke. <laughs> I pulled the Zeke. Oh, my God. <laughs> For those of you keeping score at home, Nikki is high. Oh my god, that was fat. What timing? What what timing? I counted down. I said three, two, one, you idiot. Oh my god. That was goodness. honestly that that's a top five moment in NBA history. Hell, I that's mean, a top five moment in NBA history. The beautiful the beautiful thing about that is like typically in every episode we try to come up with a cold open and we might have got it in like second one. That never happened. <laughs> just all you have to do jay is do that part cut it out really quick start up the freaking theme song we're back in it oh man that was hilarious did you actually see what shannon sharp said though in for ezekiel elliott saying he's faded no did you guys see that so ezekiel elliott was on twitch and he said like after he was done playing he forgot to turn off the stream he said i'm faded as fuck no, he said, he said, yo, I'm low-key faded right now. I'm low-key faded, that's what it was. And then uh, he was like, oh, fuck, I forgot to turn off my stream. And then they were like, Shannon Sharp, how do you feel about this? And Shannon Sharp just goes, shit, I'm a little low-key faded too right now. <laughs> oh, God, I love you so much. I love Shannon, he's great. He's the best. Fantastic. The so he's honestly so much better than Stephen A, man. He really yeah. is. Dude, I saw him in an air- in the Atlanta airport a couple years back. Um, He is massive like his back is literally like the size of me if you turn me sideways like that's how (laughs) wide his back is it's crazy he is jacked out of this world it's crazy big dude Dude, yeah i mean i i have to like his hands have to be huge like if i shook his hand it would probably be like me shaking hands with a baby yep (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I would never want to be hugged by that guy. Like it's just no. it's he's so he's same so thing with, same thing with Kawhi Leonard. It's yeah. just like okay. have you ever done the thing with like the ball, like where you can put your hands on the ball, like the Michael yeah. Jordan thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's stupid. It yeah, it's embarrassing. It really it's it's very uh it's it's emasculating in a lot of ways. It's why uh, it's why it's why uh you know, tall guy, number one pick, Kwame Brown. Yeah. That's why he was no good because he had tiny hands. Tiny, tiny hands relative to ours. You know um, what? President Donald Trump, tiny hands, not very good at a president. Whoa, that's a direct, oh, a direct you know, correlation. I think there might be some other underlying issues there, but there's we'll other, go with that. We'll run with other, that. Other hands, issues, but hands we don't can, help. Uh, hands the, don't help. You're you know, signing the, documents. Your 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 pen is bigger than your hand. It's bad. It's bad look. The, the racism and the inability to form a coherent thought. Uh, yeah. The just general jackassery. But the tiny hands are a factor. Mostly, mostly the small hands. I think that's small pretty clear here. Well, if we've learned anything, well, all today, I'm trying to say is because I do know Donald Trump is like six three or something like that. Or so like yeah, he could have played in the NBA if he was in better. Shape, have, and if he had bigger hands, I have tiny hands. I was just looking at my hands. I was just like, "Oh no!" Like oh, no. I, I have, I have big palms and then short little stubby fingers. Yeah, me too. I have like, I have like the stature of a hobbit. Um, dating life's gonna be interesting. This little hobbit body of mine. It's gonna be interesting to be on them apps. Get in uh, the gym. <laughs> oh go, go for a run. That's it. Yeah, maybe tomorrow. I'm a little hungover today, so this should be fun. Um, <clears throat> welcome back, y'all. Pillow. This is. Episode 137 of NBA. 
Did you just say hump a pillow? I said hump your pillow. I, I honestly <laughs> was about to give you so much credit. Well, because I was going to say, it's a good workout. And, you know, like while you're, you're getting back in the game, you know, you're keeping mm, your form. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Okay. Got uh, it. Listen, I was going to give you a lot of credit because you almost went through that whole intro without even acknowledging that. And I was like, wow. Wow. You know, <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, I could just ignore this, even though I heard it, because I am a professional. Um, but I, I couldn't. I just couldn't. Um, this is a podcast that tries to talk about NBA shit, but mostly we just talk a lot of shit, like humping your pillow and how small hands impact every job that you have ever. You show me yeah. a man who claims he's never humped his pillow, and I'll show you a liar. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm your host, Jay Quiles, a.k.a. Ben and Jerry Simmons, a.k.a. Um, uh, Carmen Jello Anthony. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. Whatever, whatever. Um, my brother from the West Coast, introduce yourself, sir. Hello, I'm Nikki Kiles, aka Alex Lentil, aka Nerlens Noello, Governor. Bam, bam. You're <laughs> nice. welcome. Deadly. Nice. nice, nice. That's for our UK audience. Um, and my brother in with far less melanin. Introduce, introduce yourself, sir. Hey, it's Tad. No fun AKAs today. Robert oh. Tractor tra- tra- Trailer Trash. Robert Tractor Trailer Trash. <laughs> That's who you are. Robert Tractor Trailer Trash. That's tra- me. Tractor Trailer Trash. That's what you are. Um, we are back for another episode of NBA. And let's get into it, boys and girls. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today. A um, couple sure. current events and then some other stuff related to the 2013-2014 season. Very excited. Um, let's get into the can first topic. You, can I ask Go you a question? Does Please. Dirk Nowetsky play? <laughs> I, I, you know, at twelve o'clock this on a Friday, a, it works. This is a sexual podcast for twelve p.m. on Friday. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling it. Yeah, I've been your lonely, bo- so this works for me. Your bo- boy is uh, low key, just uh, real horned up over here. Clearly, I'm just making sex references left to right. I can't help it. The H on the TL, you know. <laughs> wow. Those of you who don't know, that's horny on the timeline. Oh, I Good legit know. didn't know that. That's interesting. Wow. Acronym H, H on the TL. <laughs> H on the TL. I was originally gonna make my name on here for today. So those we we can make we can put our own names on this uh, app that we use to to record the podcast. And so I just throw out random shit. And uh, I was gonna do hits your boy ha Hova. Little wordy, little wordy. Um, all right, boys, let's get into it. Next time, I'm gonna put like I don't know. The ridiculously awesome white of Nikki Keyless, aka Captain Hollywood Nikki, Mister. Oh, 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 shit! Here he comes. Do that. I'm gonna make mine J, aka Buttface. <laughs> <laughs> low, low blow, low blow. All right, boys, let's get into it. First topic of the of the day. Um, the NBA has announced that they are gonna allow players to swap their last names out on their jerseys for slogans that are related to Black Lives Matter. Um, they did recently come out and say that they're gonna refrain from. Um, putting names of victims as to not like have the family members um, be forced to see it, which I, I respect that decision. Um, so I just wanted to get you guys thoughts on that and what you think um, some of these guys potentially could be putting on the back of their jerseys. Obviously we saw the John Morant tweet that uh, he ended up apologizing for, which I, I thought it was funny. I, I think that uh, made me laugh. I mean, it was hilarious. I think like, <clears throat> I, I think like it's, <laughs> I think maybe he might've had to be like a little bit more selective about it because like, it's very, it's very in your face, and also like he's not somebody that's known as like an outspoken like 
person and he doesn't really have like an NBA personality yet. So like, um, yeah. you know, he's got kids that are fans. Like there's just, there's, that's, that's the reality. Like there's, there's more than just like adults that watch him. Um, I didn't, I didn't love the apology. If I'm going to be completely honest. I, don't, I didn't love the apology from the sense of him apologizing for why he, I, I think had he explained it, I think he would have been fine, but he just retweeted it without like a caption or anything like backing up his statement. So it was just like, Jumping on like the, the did you know he I mean? just put like a laughing emoji next? To yeah, it? like and it wasn't even his picture. Like somebody photoshopped. Somebody it did it. He, retweeted it. he just put a laughing emoji next to yeah. it. Yeah. So it's like, you know he didn't even say like yo I'm gonna go by fuck as fuck twelve. Like it wasn't yeah. his idea or anything. He just let me let me say this. Something. I'm not saying I didn't like his apology and that I thought it was like not enough. I'm saying that like I didn't think he needed to apologize. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm agreeing with you in that way. Yeah, I, I don't think he needed to. What do you think are some of the other options? I'm curious. Like, I feel like like the Premier League, every player in the Premier League for the first week of them coming back had Black Lives Matter on the back of their jerseys instead of the last names. So that to me feels like probably an obvious one, but I'm wondering what else maybe might be an option. Oh, they'll probably do I Can't Breathe. That's true, I yeah. Bet, I bet you I bet you someone puts like eight minutes, 46 seconds or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Eight, yeah. 8.46 is the last name. I'm over here and Jared Allen says he's going to uh, have his last name be uh, Get the Popo Off the Block. <laughs> uh, uh, other dead prez lyrics will be used for nets. Of course. Um, yeah. Defund the no, police. I, I, I also, I, if I'm not mistaken, I also uh, saw that they're going to put like Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe on the courts. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Lines. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I've heard that as well. Yeah. yeah. I think it's awesome. I think it's cool. I think like, you know, for the people that have been saying like the NBA shouldn't return because it's taken away from the larger conversation this doesn't fix the problem, but at least it continues to bring more awareness of what's going on. Yeah. Conversations continue to be had. Um, obviously we talked about this last week and we had a debate about whether or not they should even be coming back, which as of yesterday, if the listeners here um, have been keeping up with the news, Woj reported that there's apparently going to be a second bubble guys, double bubble, double bubble basketball. Um, there's going to be a potential second bubble here in Chicago, actually, where the remaining eight teams who have not been invited to Orlando are, um, potentially looking at some sort of bubble-like system um, here in Chicago starting in September, which is weird as fuck, considering that the next season will probably start in, like, December. Um, there's Nothing is set in stone yet. Um, the early details are that it'll, be, it'll resemble the way that uh, they're doing Orlando, but a lot of teams are like, can't we just do, like, mini camps in our own, like, cities and we'll just do training camps and maybe, like, a scrimmage or two? Um, so the details are very early, but I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the idea of a second bubble for the non-playoff teams and more Chicago Bulls basketball. Yeah, it feels like it's going to be like a summer league kind of thing, which will be yeah, fun. Very yeah. much so. <clears throat> I mean, it'll be neat. Oh, is this, I'm oh, here for Orlando it. bubble. I just I'm think September it. is such a weird time frame. Like, why not just do it now? Like, I think because they they haven't they they decided so much later, so they're like we have to plan everything out because just like everything had to get planned out for the end of July return of the yeah what, it twenty just, teams. It feels weird. It feels weird to me. Like now, what you're basically doing is you're having a pre preseason. Like September, you're gonna play a couple games, then you're gonna take like a month and a half off, and then in November you're coming back again to play more games in a preseason yeah. and then start the season in December. Yeah. I think that's what they just they're playing basketball. Yeah, I mean they're just gonna play a lot of basketball. Whatever, who cares? Yeah. 
Dude, I'm gonna be, were, I mean, we've been out of it for so long. Now that they're going to throw it all back at once, it's like, oh, wow, is it too much? But it's like, no, they've had such a long time off. It's okay for them to just get right back into it. Yeah. I also, sorry, excuse me. Thank just you. yawning on the pod. Uh, <laughs> man, I don't think we're going to have basketball. You you don't? Like, no. even in July? No. <clears throat> I, think, I mean, I, I think, think you're wrong there. I think enough I think players are... I think, Go. I think we're gonna get. I think we're gonna get a, a week or so in. I'm gonna get a few COVID tests. Over. Had to cut it again. I don't think it's gonna happen. I mean, here's the thing: one player gets it and dies. Was it all worth it? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. The likelihood of one. Of, I mean, I don't know. I feel so weird about this shit. I keep going back and forth on my opinions about like the, the yeah. death rate and shit like that. I think I I think a big thing that is the factor is the fact that other places are going back to playing but other places have also done a better job of containing the virus so it does actually make sense to be like we probably shouldn't actually go back like i mean look at look at all the stuff that happened with the pga tour and all those like uh, you guys don't follow golf golf a bunch of of pga guys got covid oh and it's like that's bad because a couple of them are older and it well, I mean, not nobody be, that was like, dick, there's no, like no, 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 but nobody, people. nobody that was in like, yeah, not, nothing like that happened. But like, um, I mean, if there's a sport that you're going to play that like, you'd feel like you're relatively, so I golf all the time now. That's yeah. all I do. Yeah. So, eh, eh, I don't know. Yeah, It's a weird one, man. I, I just, I, I don't know. We talked about it last week. It's just one of those things where it's just like, I just don't know how I feel. It's going to happen. I, I think you make a good point, Tad. Like the potential, like I mean, what if what if half the teams if half the teams rosters are cut in half because of COVID after the first week, like what are you gonna do? Like you're just gonna play replacement players for the entire playoffs for the sake of money? I guess, but like like campaign just signed. Like all these guys are signing contracts with teams to play in the playoffs and it's just like Luke and Bob Mute's back. It's just like all these weird contracts and just like it, it's to fill the rosters. Um yeah, I don't know, man. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be really interesting. Um, yeah. Cause like fuck. I'm saying, and too, like you know, what if four guys on one team get it? He's gonna run with the yeah. rest of the team. You what, got? If, what if what if LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma, and uh, Jared Dudley all get it? Yeah, I mean, Giannis said it the other day. He was like, "Whoever wins this championship, like this is probably the." most difficult championship to win ever. Agreed. Under circumstances. Yeah, it probably actually will be. Like, if you have have so much end, luck on yeah. your side. I want to say one thing. If this does happen and rosters get depleted because of players with COVID and they decide that they need to keep playing, but they need to fill out the rosters, I am available. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> I am healthy. How LA. many people... This will be a funny game. How many people do you think would have to be, like, get sick and or die for you to get a call? The league, the entire league, <laughs> and and like every single college basketball history uh, player in the history of college basketball, and every that is, that is under under like 45. every 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 current or like current former player, uh, former D one player under the age of forty yes. has to has to get it and die forty five or or enough or enough where like they don't have enough to make rosters. So not all of them, but like ninety percent, right. 90%. Maybe ninety, maybe like ninety eight percent of people, and then Tag gets a call. You know, I mean, I am you know gonna say though, I think I add like a little intimidation factor, and not for the reason you might think, 
But for I, the, I, I want to be clear, I don't think at all. So I'm, I don't know, there's no reason that I think. I think I add a little intimidation be factor because they're, they're they're gonna look at they're gonna look at the the bench and they're gonna be like, dude, who's that five ten white guy? <laughs> <laughs> How did he make this roster? What and they're he, either gonna think one of two things: yo, that dude can ball, or that's the make a wish kid. <laughs> And that's the intimidation factor that you speak of, the make a wish factor. No, the the one is like, oh, that kid can ball, mm. but you know, mm. the more likely and side of that make, coin make, is make, they might be right. like, oh, that's nice that they let that thirty year old make a wish kid. Be <laughs> the doughy white guy at the end of the day must <laughs> be able to hoop. Yo, speak for yourself. You haven't seen me in a long time with my shirt off. I'm fucking shredded. I, I also would like to point out. Adam Sandler is a doughy white guy. He can hoop. Yeah, Adam Sandler 100% gets a call before you. I would say Adam <laughs> Sandler and uh, uh, Tony Romo definitely get a call. Probably play for Yo, the Quavo's Dallas. getting a call. Yeah, Quavo's um, definitely getting a call. For sure. Uh, Common, Common's going to get a call. Common the game's a call. He's 6'8". Like, uh, fucking uh, 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 Titty Boy, uh, fucking 2 chains. <laughs> he's getting a call. You know, uh, he played college basketball. He's hey, legit. Uh, Jake Cole's definitely going to make a roster. Jake Cole, I was like, Jake Cole's like definitely, he's number Dude, one. No you know who else is going to get a call? Arnie Duncan, former senator, or yeah. senator secretary <laughs> oh, of yeah. education, former <laughs> celebrity game MVP, yeah, Justin yeah, Bieber, buddy. Lil Romeo. It's true. Honestly, you know what? Fuck this. I don't want any of the players. Give me a, uh, like a, a draft all-star of all player. former celebrity all-star players. <laughs> and just divide them into teams. I'll your boy will tune in. I would too. I'm not. I'm not. I don't hate it. I don't hate that's, it. That's that's my favorite game of the first night between the between that one and the rookie challenge. Uh it's a hundred percent been like for the last like three seasons. It's been the celebrity all-star game. Damn, dude, it's Tim, a lot more fun. Tim Bontemps just reported that Gordon Hayward will leave the bubble if Boston's still playing because his wife is due to have a child in September. Oh, wow. Dang. I mean, the chances of them making it to the finals are not not impossible, but pretty slim. Um, Sorry, I just got that tweet, and I was like, oh, shit. Um, yeah. Anywho. I also just got that tweet and was about to read it, but you went ahead and said it, so here we go. I'm, I'm the Woj in this podcast. Maybe I'm the Shams. I'm the Woj. I'm definitely the Walsh. Um, let's uh, let's move on to the next subject matter for this week's episode. So again, you guys have heard it before. If you've if you've been here before, if you haven't, welcome to the podcast. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been covering every season since Michael Jordan retired. The last couple last season or last week, pardon me, we did the 2012-2013 season, um, which ended in a Heat Finals. And this week, we were doing the 2013-2014 NBA season. The season happened when I was college uh, aged uh, this season. So I made a mistake in the 2012 season. That game where the Heat uh, beat the Thunder and destroyed them was not that not the same day that I was referring to offline. So I got my timelines mixed up. Uh, it was actually when they when they beat the Spurs last season. That's when that's when that happened. Irrelevant. Yeah. The listeners don't even know what I'm talking about. So- Erroneous. Erroneous on both counts. This week, we will be covering the 2013-2014 season. Um, I was 23 that year. Nikki, take me back to a time when I was in far better shape. <clears throat> the 2007... Oh, beforehand, uh, really quick, guys. At one point, I just need a callback from you guys. I'm going to point at you. You just have to say, yes, queen. Just deal with it. <clears throat> cool. The 2007 Boston Celtics taught the NBA world how to save a franchise. And on July 12, 2013, the Boston Celtics 
looked at their inner Elsa and decided to let it go. Let it the go. snow glows wide in Boston tonight. Not a drunk fan to be seen. A dynasty of failure. And it looked like I'm the queen. Yes, queen. Thank you. The screams for championships, they echo deep inside. Build a team to win. Heaven knows I've tried. Gotta do what we need just to succeed. Getting lotto picks for eternity. It's just business, not personal. I'm sure they know. Let it go. Yes. Let it go. Get it. Throw those old men to the door. Let it go. Let it go. I'll take first round picks. How about four? <laughs> I don't care what they're going to say. You may not have known before, but now you know not to fuck with Danny Ainge. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, do you remember when I said give me an hour to finish? Yeah. That's what I did in that hour. What should we do? And I was like, oh shit, Frozen was the number one movie in the world that year. Guess what Nicky's about to do? <laughs> sing the song he used to sing before every single rec league basketball game. Wow. I used to- when we used to play, Jay and I used to play on this basketball team. We were called the Washups. We came in third place, and I was like, hey, good enough. Uh we every, place. The story game. of my life has been, hey, good enough. Yeah, That's yeah, my autobiography. Jay and I went to Chicago Public School. The school's motto was, hey, good enough. But when we would play, I would legit listen to Let It Go right before I got out the car. And sometimes people went to the game with me. And I said, I don't give a fuck what we're listening to. The last song we're listening to is Let It Go. I would belt that song. I respect oh. it. Phenomenal I, am I, I mean, am I going to watch Frozen after this? You betcha. I might too. I when I moved to Chicago, I moved by myself. I knew like four people that lived in Chicago. Most of all my friends were still in school. I lived in a apartment that was about the size of the room that I'm sitting in right now. It might have actually been smaller. And <laughs> uh Frozen had just come out on DVD, and I went to Redbox. That's how long ago this was. I went to the Redbox at the Walgreens down the street, and I rented it and watched it by myself. And if you don't think <laughs> that I kept that motherfucking movie for four days and watched it six <laughs> times, you're wrong. Oh, I know I every word to all of the songs. I love that fucking movie, and it's I am not ashamed to admit that. The second one, also really good. And if you don't have I Disney Plus, get Disney Plus because it's on Disney Plus, and it's it really good. It's not as good as the first, but it is a really. If that movie was not, if it wasn't Frozen two, if it was just its own thing, I would be like, this movie is phenomenal. But because I have to hold it up against Frozen, it's not quite as good. Damn, I gotta wow. watch it. I have to watch Frozen. Let two. it go, no, fucking slaps, dude. I'll throw it on <laughs> anytime. <laughs> We are so fucking ridiculous. Oh, Nikki, anything else you got on the rundown? Um, yes, the 2013 NBA draft was uh, about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Suck my dick. I reset my time. Fuck you. <laughs> Very nice. Well done. Uh, good God, 2013. Um, what a year for me. Let's start. Let's start by talking about that draft. Um, very quickly, I want to talk about the 
number one overall pick in that draft, uh, Anthony Bennett. For a lot of the for for some of the listeners, if you don't quite remember that draft, this was a draft, um, and we talked about this a little bit in our production meeting. This was a draft that was very reminiscent of the draft that we're about to have, where there was no discernible stars, at least on paper. Like when you looked at the draft. Arguably the best player in that draft at the time was probably Victor Oladipo, but otherwise it was just a draft full of role players or that was what was to be expected. It Um, was, uh, um, people were, people were talking about it as being the worst draft class since the 2000 draft class. mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I do. It was just no discernible stars whatsoever. Um, so the Cavaliers, I was going to say real quick in the end, the, three best players by win share are Giannis, Rudy Gobert, and Steven Adams. Yeah, which kind of tells you all you need. Like, it's still not a great draft. Not a bad Steven Adams draft. is a fine player, but he should not yeah. be in the top three in win share. No, yeah. not and, third overall. I mean, and fourth is Victor Oladipo, and I think that's just simply because, you know, Victor Oladipo uh, got hurt. Oh, I'm sorry. No, he's he's not fourth. He's eleventh. Oh, I thought he was doing. You got don't oh, don't forget that Victor Oladipo. He played in Orlando, and yeah, they tried Orlando. to make him a Russell Westbrook style player. Can you got? Can you guys guess who fourth and fifth are? It's uh. I don't even know who's Mason, in this draft yeah. class. Okay, then I'll just tell you. Fourth is Mason Plumley. Oh wow! See that and tells you everything fifth, you need to know. Fifth yeah, I mean, if they're if they're. Yeah, that's. I mean, CJ McCollum is not. Sh- I think top five for him is is fine, but in an, in a normal draft class, I don't think you would. No, that's bad. That's really bad, man. I'm no, not going to sure go to. I'd, I'd say if CJ McCollum's a top five pick in any draft, that's a good top five pick. He's been a twenty point per game scorer and a borderline all star for like the last five seasons. I'm not disagreeing with yeah. you, but like, <laughs> he if on on a championship team, he'd be the third third player. Yeah, that's fine. Star. But like, that's a really good number three. A lot of teams will love. A lot of teams have made offers for CJ McCollum over the last couple of years. Yeah, no, I've I've wanted him in Orlando bad. Really oh, wanted yeah. him in Orlando. Um, but I did want to talk about Anthony Bennett because I think it's pretty hard to argue against this. Of all the drafts that we've covered up to this point, he has to be the worst number one overall pick ever. Like ever. even like, worse than it's all, not, it's not, all of it, I want to be very clear. It's not in all the drafts that we've covered. It's ever. It's in every oh. NBA draft of all time. Totally. Because his is not like from injuries, right? No, he just wasn't. No, good his was, his was, he, he, uh, he went the Sean Kemp route, but he did it real early in his career. Yeah. Uh, and he also just sucked ass. Yeah. I remember like even, leading up to the draft, yeah. like Ooh. people were like, oh, you know, this guy's, he's kind of like Larry Johnson, you know, and Larry Johnson played at UNLV too. And, you know, he's big and physical and strong. The fuck out of here. This dude sucks. He's a bum. And I'm not going to lie to you. I bought into the hype. Like, I was watching all that shit, and I was like, yeah, man. You know, he's oh, he's he's pretty good. Wow. Every single season, he was on a different team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he never – he got drafted number one overall. And at the time of the draft, I listened to a, a recent redraft of this, this exact draft, and they said, like, nobody knew who Cleveland was going to pick because this was the second time that they got the first round – the first overall pick in, like, two of the last three years. So like they had previously drafted Kyrie and then this one was, was Anthony Bennett. And at the time they're like, it's kind of a toss up. Most people thought they were going to trade out of the pick. Cause there wasn't like a discernible number one pick. And uh, they ended up going with Anthony Bennett, which at the time just like shocked everybody. Cause he was a freshman at UNLV and like, he was good, but like he was just fine. And he was like this like small power forward type that was like, People thought he could maybe be like a Draymond and stretch the floor, but like he was kind of slow footed. And I mean, he plays 52 games in his rookie season, only averaging four points, 
shooting fuck 38% from the field mm. on the season and then immediately gets traded to Minnesota the following year for Kevin Love in that in that deal um and then yeah i mean then gets released goes to Toronto plays 19 games gets picked up by Brooklyn in 2016 23 games and he's done he played 151 games and uh four like if if 82 games in a four year span is 328 games so he played in sign- well under half of the amount of games almost that, a quarter like, he should have been able to to play like i mean dude he was i remember watching his first summer league game and just being like oh no this guy doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't, this guy doesn't know how to play basketball it was so clear so fast like i really i all i was gonna say is for this draft I didn't know who anyone was outside of Michael Carter Williams for some weird reason. And oh, I'm sorry, no, and Ben McLemore. I remember him very well. And I was I was high on him. Everybody was, okay was high on him. I wanted him in Orlando. Yeah. And then uh I enjoyed Shabazz Muhammad at the All American game I that I watched him in, but I knew he wasn't all that great in college. But I was like, I still think he could do good. But outside of that, I was like, "There's." I didn't know who the fuck Anthony Bennett was, and when they said like Anthony Bennett, I had to Google like videos, and I was just like, "What is this man?" He and man, oh, go ahead. No, I was just to say, and man, was he bad? That's literally he, all I was gonna say. He, I have never seen a player with less of a basketball IQ than that guy. You want to talk about a guy who got by at every level prior on strictly athleticism? This is the prime. This is the poster child for that. Do you I, think again, you could beat him one on one? Could I beat him one on one? No, because he's way more athletic, way way more athletic than me, and he's you know way bigger. I couldn't get a shot off against. Him. <laughs> yeah, I still think Anthony Bennett. I just than wanted to know how much. Now, dude, we're not talking about Bob Cousy. <laughs> yo, you Bob remember Cousy, that video bro. of uh, Mike Miller Cousy, cooking bro. that dude from uh, Memphis? That would mm-hmm. be me against Bob Cousy. <laughs> I'm Wait, Mike Miller. You're the guy getting cooked. I'm Mike Miller. You're getting cooked by Bob I'm Cousy. Mike Miller. I would Bob take Cousy two dribbles now. with my left hand, and Bob Cousy would be like, what? <laughs> Bob, Bob Cousy would cook you. This dude dribbles with the other, dude Bob, with Bob the other Cousy, hand. Bob Cousy would cook you today at 95 fucking years old. With his right hand. With only Shut his right hand. Right. He would cook you. Nah, Game over, he, dude. He, he would say, "Oh, what you want, you young whippersnapper? I'm gonna take yeah, it down." Yeah, you just back oh, up into you, and you wouldn't even know what to do. I would, I would take, I would take one proper form jump shot, and he'd be like, "This guy is a witch," because like that's how long ago it is that he played. Wow, he'd be like, "What the hell is this? You can't, people can't just shoot the ball like that." Foul, too foul. <laughs> Thank you. Oh man, Anthony Bennett. What did I mean? You know what, what Bob did, Cousy? What maybe your mom didn't go to heaven. <laughs> wow. don't, don't listen to him, Bob. Don't listen to him. He's a terrible person. Noted, <laughs> noted listener of NBA, Bob. It's <laughs> all, all up in the comments. All up in the comments. He he fucking DMs me on a regular basis. Like <laughs> at one point, I had to tell him, like, Bob, chill the fuck out, dude. dude I was okay, on, you're getting, I was on you're the have a little desperate, Mr. Kuzi. I was on the Insta- on Instagram the other day, and I got a thing, and it was like, you have a new direct message uh, request, and it was from right hand baller. And it said, yo, this is Bob Cousy. I fucked your mom. <laughs> I was like, what the <laughs> hell, Bob Cousy? You need to calm down. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, Anthony Bennett, it just didn't work. Sorry, bud. You suck. Um, let's move on to the next topic. 
<laughs> Anthony Bennett, you stink, baby. You're <laughs> just terrible. Um, Straight trash. This was the season that Nikki, well, Nikki's, ins- Ooh, this, this, this trade Anthony inspired Bennett, Nikki's song. Wait, hold on. I have one thing real quick. Anthony Bennett to 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 rash. <laughs> it wasn't really good. It. No, but it. I I was already starting to say it. And you were moving on, and I wanted he to, had yeah. to do it. We'll, yes, it, 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 we'll, we'll edit it. We'll edit. Let's I'm edit not editing that. that. I want the world to know. I want the world to know how bad that was. Hey, um, let's move on to the next topic. I'm a volume shooter. <laughs> <laughs> J.R. Smith of Joe Killing. Um, Congrats to for fully signing on to, with the Lakers now. Congrats to him, yeah, signing with the Lakers. That'll be interesting. He's not going to play a minute. possible. He will not play a minute. Um, you talking about J.R. Buckets? J.R. Buckets, yes. Right. Um, so let's uh, let's move on to the next topic, which is the trade that inspired Nikki's beautiful song. Uh, the Nets trade um, with the Celtics in 2013. Um, new owner, Mikhail Prokof, uh, is their Russian billionaire owner and decides he's got some – He's got some uh, some pretty solid pieces in place in Deron Williams and Brooke Lopez, and he's going to go swing for the fences. The East is now open, um, kind of, except for the Heat, and he's going to make a he's going to make a trade that's going to shake up things for Brooklyn. Um, so he trades four unprotected first round picks in 2014, 2016, 2017, and 2018 um, for Gerald Wallace. Chris Humphreys, Keith Bogans, or, or, and pardon me, and Gerald Wallace, Chris Humphreys, Keith Bogans, Marshawn Brooks, and Chris Joseph, in exchange for Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Jason Terry, uh, a 2017 first round and second round pick. Um, this trade, at the time, seemed like one of the most lopsided trades ever, um, and it was a very clear steal um, on the Celtics side, and everybody knew it. Uh, trading for aging stars and trading first round picks that were unprotected was crazy for whatever reason. At that point in time, people didn't really value first round picks um, and just threw them away. And this trade basically saw the Nets until recently be the laughing stock of the league um, within about two like years after this year trade. Two ago. Yeah. Like two, like one well, last year was the first year they made the playoffs. Like the yeah. first year was just like, okay, they don't, they're not terrible anymore. I mean, Dude, the Nets GM at the time was Billy King, who, in my opinion, is one of the worst. Just the worst. Oh, he's terrible. Worst, like yeah, he's oh. of he all time. He fought, the fact that he got and a the thing is, the thing is, Philadelphia is crazy. And the thing is, they repl- they hired him to replace Rod Thorne, who was just as bad. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it's, hold on, uh, let me fact check myself. Yes. Okay. Rod Thorne. Yeah. Rod. Just Thorne. check. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because then he ended up. I think he ended up taking a job directly with NBA um, front office. But yeah, it was. I remember this trade going down because at the time it's just like we're not that far removed from the Celtics winning the championship. We're only a couple years out, but at this time, like the Heat are kind of running things, <clears throat> and the side, the Celtics decide that they're just going to like pivot and move in a different direction and try to rebuild this team. And their rebuild was rapid. I mean, they and we'll talk about this in the next coming seasons, but like they got back to success pretty quickly with good coaching this of course was the season that brad stevens started as well so like uh, under the tutelage of brad stevens and danny ainge making a lot of really in, uh, smart trades and solid draft picks um I, I mean this ended up being an absolute steal because within two years paul pierce and kevin garnett are basically donezo they both get traded and then the nets are 
no longer relevant in the NBA and they're just in the doldrums and they basically set up the Celtics for what they are now. They, they gifted them Jason Tatum. They gifted them. Uh, uh, who else was, uh, picked Jalen Brown, Jalen, Jalen Brown. Yes. Thank you. Um, they gifted uh, them Markel Fultz. Wait. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Initially. Uh, thanks for the Sixers on that one. Um, a number of really solid picks that came from the Nets that turned into players now that are, they basically have their Michael and Scotty. I mean, that's like, it's an overblown statement, but like they have their two stars. Like they have what yeah. they need to, to build that team into a championship contender. And it's all thanks to the Nets and this did trade they, here. Did they also use one of those trades to get Kyrie or one of those picks uh, to end the trade yes. for Kyrie? Yes, they traded yeah, because yeah, that was for Colin Sexton, 2018 first round Correct. pick, Correct. which is what they traded to get to Kyrie. Correct. And yeah. then they had the 2017 first round pick, which was Markel Fultz, which is what they got for Jason Tatum. 2016 first round pick Jalen Brown, and then 2014 first round pick James Young. Oh yeah, that didn't work out. <laughs> that one did not work out. <laughs> so you know, two for four is not bad, and really two for three because they traded the one for Kyrie, and that. Yeah, yeah but out. who's laughing now? Because now they have Kyrie and uh, Kevin Durant. So <laughs> Kevin Durant. they played the. It was yeah. the long con, man. You know what? That's what it was. Danny Ainge is playing chess, but uh, what was his name? Billy King. No, who is no longer Billy, their GM? Not even there anymore. Now they have Sean Marks. Sean Marks. Yeah, but really he, no, but but Billy King was the scapegoat, like uh, Sam Hinkie in in seven in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, they were like yeah. he was but he was like trust is, trust the process. I'm yeah, gonna sign Kevin playing. Durant. 10 years from now. Yeah, he's playing 4D checkers. 4D, 4D Chinese chess. checkers. Yeah. Um, yeah, this trade, it was crazy at the time. And now I will say this, like when it happened, I'm looking at this Brooklyn Nets roster thinking it's a pretty strong team. Like this was like still peak Deron Williams. This was peak Brooke Lopez. And you had an aging Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. But got, like if those are your, your third and fourth scoring options, and then they ended up trading for Joe Johnson not long after, like, this team was very formidable, but like just wasn't very deep and just never really put it together. Imagine this team in 2006. Oh, yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, that's I mean, an amazing championship team. after championship after championship. Not one, not two, not, two, not three, not three, not four. Nope. No, yeah, no, no, no. Amazing. No. But you could also say that about a couple of teams. Well, like this, just the season prior. What if the Lakers, it was the Lakers from, well, the Lakers did win it out at that time. I was. Like from when Dwight Howard was on the Magic when his prime, he was playing the same way. Same thing with Steve Nash. Just yeah. a couple of years prior, it would have been perfect for them. Yeah. Um. Anything else we want to say about that trade, or we want to move on to the next subject? Uh. Yeah, Don't I have one thing to say to all the NBA GMs that listen to this show, which I know there are multiple of you. So many. Stop trading for old players. Yeah. Stop giving Please. up assets for old players. It Please. never fucking. It doesn't work in any sport. No sports. Yeah. This is working. Stop doing it. He's Stop right, it. Get right. help. Get help. Listen to him. Um, well, Nikki brought up Dwight Howard briefly, which, what a segue. Uh, the next topic here is, after one season in L.A., a failed season, uh, Dwight Howard signs in free agency with the Houston Rockets, um, pairing with, at the time, a new star in James Harden uh, and a young core of players that also included the likes of Jeremy Lin and Chandler Parsons. Um, and don't a, forget Omer Sheik. And Omer Sheik. Yeah. Omer Sheik and Destroy. That was my boy. I loved him. I was really so, sad when he when he left uh, Chicago. He was solid for a while, and then he just like basically became null and also didn't really shower, which is a problem. Um, 
It's kind I did of, not know that. He was known are for you being are you, kind of are you insinuating that the Turks are a dirty people? I didn't say Turks. I said Omir Ashik. Okay. I'm just, I'm clarifying. I want to be clear. Jay does not think that the Turks are dirty people. Just strictly Omer Ashik, who happens to be Turkish. Put it on the record. Um, so yeah, Dwight signs in free agency with Houston and makes an all-star team his first year there, dropping 18 and 12. But they just never really had the success. Him and him and James Harden never really got along. They had a, a couple deep playoff runs, but nothing that ever turned into any real success. And within three years, he's gone. If Dwight Howard had ever fucking just done what every coach wanted him to do and run pick and roll like he should have, that team would have been unbelievable. I would say the exact same thing. Because Dwight Howard insisted on playing with his back to the basket and trying to be a real big man. He just wasted it. He wasted his career. Yeah. I mean, frankly, like, yeah, I mean, he, he made, have, he he made hundreds of millions of dollars, but he should have one or two championship rings. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Two or three at this point. Yeah. He should have done it. So I was going to say the exact same thing Tad was saying. He got in there and I think he thought he was like, James Harden's going to pass me the ball. I'm going to do my thing down low and I'll give it to him to shoot threes every once in a while. But they were like, no, 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 no. This is James Harden's team. James, James Harden's Harden team, bro. Yeah. This is, he's our future very clearly. And this this was this was the year two in the uh, traveling circus that's been Dwight Howard's career now. Like yeah, after after that his actual stint in Orlando, he just starts moving around from this point on. When Dwight yeah, Howard was, walks into the locker room, you just hear this is probably not gonna. Yeah, man, I just I don't know. I don't. I do I do agree with I do agree with Tad though. Like on paper. This like if when you watch James Harden now and you understand his style of play and like if you put like peaked Dwight in a pick and roll system with like you basically make Dwight the Clint Capella, it on paper it should have worked but just Dwight is just he's proven it time and time again with Clint Capella. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It hundred percent could have worked if he would have just shut Howard, up and did what he should have. Prime done. Dwight Howard is eighteen billion times the player Clint Capella is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's it should have worked, and the following season, when well, let me not barely. We'll talk about this next week. Um, but there was like some big free agents that were potentially going to go to Houston that those ended up falling through at the at the last hour. But like that team was about to have make like have a major shakeup that probably would have led to a championship. But what are you going to do? Um, Can I ask you a question real quick? Sure. Mm-hmm. Did what did Clint? He they traded him Clint Capella yeah, this season, right? Yeah, he's Atlanta, Atlanta, right? Hawks, yeah. yeah. Did, was he having? He was having like a like a normal season, right? Yeah, he was just doing just okay. I just his his style of play is like it just wasn't working for their. Holy shit! I'm actually team. looking at his numbers right now. He aver- he was, he was averaging well. 14 points and 14 boards a game. 14 boards is nothing to scoff at. And no, two blocks. And two blocks. Holy shit! Clint Capella was having a good season, and I had no idea. Yeah, oh, yeah. he, he just he well. just wasn't working in the scheme with Russ and James Harden anymore. Like when Russ yeah. wasn't their point guard, it worked perfectly. But once they brought Russ in, like Russ needs room to get to the basket, and like Clint Capella kind of dominates the paint, and it just didn't really coincide. Like the the moment that they traded Clint Capella, Russell's Russell Westbrook's season just like got substantially better. Yeah. Speaking of Russell um, Westbrook, man, I watched a video the other day of him and Dame going back and forth in the playoffs last year. Oh my god. Yeah. I had to call a nurse. <laughs> it was lasting way longer than four hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a good call on your part. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Um, I do want to bring up another thing. So the next topic here is this is also the season that Doc Rivers got traded to the Clippers. This is his first season um, as the Clippers head coach. He had been in Boston for the past couple of years. And when they blew things up with KG and Paul Pierce going to Brooklyn, um, they decided to trade him in a rare, like this doesn't happen very often in NBA history. I'd have to look up how many times a coach has been traded. Nikki, do you want to look that up? Um, yeah, I got you. For the listeners, so um, on, I have the trade right here. On June 25th, 2013, the Clippers acquired Rivers from the Celtics for an unprotected 2015 NBA first round draft pick. Um, and at the same time, he was promoted to senior VP of basketball operations for the Celtics, or pardon me, for the Clippers. Um, and he's had a, He's had a really, really good run with the Clippers and is still with them today, coaching a team that is very, very, very possibly going to be in contention for the championship this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, they've gotten better when they now that they've taken away the uh, GM duties from him. Um, yeah, 100%. It's hard to do both. Yeah. It's, it's only happened twice, guys. Twice? Really? Just, just him, Twice. just him and Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd, that's it. Oh, I'm sorry, three times the Jason Kidd one because this is an older article and it's from literally just 2015. So, uh, Jason Kidd, the Doc Rivers one, and then Stan Van Gundy being traded to uh, oh, yeah, Orlando in 2007 after 2007 season. Oh, yeah, yeah by Miami. Magic I forgot that that was the thing. second round picks. I forgot about that. Those it's are, so, so weird, time. but like, I mean, why can't a coach be traded? Like, we think it's so weird, but like, why can't you trade a coach? Like, he's an asset, right. just and like the contract, are. right? And they have a contract. Yeah. Like, you can trade contracts. I think it's because it's just easier to fire the coach, right? Always. Um, and like, wh- how many coaches could, can you say are like wor- worth a first round pick? Like, how many coaches in the NBA today would you trade a first round pick for? Brad Stevens, three. Would you trade a first round pick for Pop? Yes. Yes, would I, you trade? Truly, I would. I would say Quinn Snyder. You would trade a first round pick for Quinn Snyder? No, he's a very good coach. I think he's a great no. coach. I don't think he's first round pick worthy. What about there Eric Spolstra? Th- there are three. There are three. It's literally we, we. You just named the third one. It's Brad Stevens, yep. Pop, and Eric Spolstra. Those are the only three. Yep. That no, actually makes sense. Nobody else. Nobody. I'll else? give it to those three. Dan Tony. No. No. His schemes, I, I love Dan Tony, but his schemes are so weird. There's, I did, I don't you know. You have to have the right roster for him. Does Does Doc Rivers still warrant a first no. round pick? No, nope. Maybe I think he's a good. I think he's a good coach, but no. He, I don't. I, I would, I would rate this guy more worth of a, more worthy of a first round pick than those that you just named. But he's even not worth a first round pick, and that's Rick Carlisle. Well, that was going to be my other one. I wouldn't trade a first round pick for Rick Carlisle. It's interesting, Maybe right? Second round picks it, for it all doesn't, those guys we just said. It doesn't happen often, and that's why the these coach trades don't happen because it's like how often is a as a coach really worth a first round pick? What's Jim Boylan worth? Like you give up a first round pick to get you give up a first <laughs> no, round. No, no, you you, you get, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. I was just see, I was just about to say pick. you'd give up a first round pick to get rid of Jim I would, Boylan. I would I would match the Nets trade for unprotected. I was gonna say you get. I was literally just gonna say that too. I was gonna say you give up four unprotected first round picks to get rid of Jim Boylan. I would, I would call the, I would call, I would call the Heat, and I would say we will, we would like to trade you four first round picks and Jim Boylan for Eric Spolstra. Please and thank you. Um, Thank you. Goodbye, Steve Kerr. What about? uh, That was the other one. So there's two more. I was gonna say Steve Kerr, first round pick worthy, and Nick Nurse. Oh, you know what? I forgot about Nick Nurse. I was actually gonna say Mike Budenholzer. 
Budenholz is good. Bud's a good coach, man. He's had success in the NBA. He really has. I would coach give one for I would give one for him. I wouldn't give one for the answer. other. I wouldn't give one for the other two. Nick Nurse, I think, is the best coach in the NBA right now. Having I, I said, agree. Having said that, he's not a known commodity yet. Northern Iowa, baby. UNI Panther, baby. Nick Nurse. Love it, dude. Fucking love it. Dude, next time, you, next, time, next time you see him, you should say that. Nick Nurse, baby. UNI, oh, baby. I can't wait. And they'll be like, get this fucking guy away from me. That's my fucking guy, bro. That's my fucking guy. Um, well, this was not the only executive move that happened this season. This was also the season, guys, that Phil Jackson came in to save the Knicks. Um, I'm <laughs> Hey, man. Hey, relax, bro. Fucking chill out. Uh, Phil Jackson, of course, of Chicago Bulls and Lakers fame, and also being a part of the two championship teams uh, that the Knicks, well, the only championship teams that the Knicks have ever had. <laughs> suckers. Uh, in the 70s, he was, he was a famed player for the Knicks in the 70s uh, and then became a Hall of Fame coach winning, what, to nine titles total? Uh, as a head coach in the NBA. So it made a lot of sense that you bring this guy in who has a winning pedigree to the Knicks, except for the fact that he has no fucking clue what Please he's stop. doing. Phil Jackson yeah. has won 11 championships. He 11, won yeah. six with the Bulls and five with the Lakers. Math oh, is hard, I know, but those are small numbers. Well, technically 13 if you include the two that he won with the Knicks. Yes, I know, but I was talking about as a player. He won yeah, five in coach. LA and six. He won six. He won over half of them in Chicago. Come on, man. I forgot. I'm hungover. Okay, my brain's. I'm embarrassed working. for you. Sorry. I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. I know. Um, I just had to. I. I don't. I understand. I was just trying to give you a hard time. <laughs> let's. Uh. So let's. Oh man. Let's talk about Phil in. Uh. In New York, he ended up resigning in 2017 so after three years of being there the only thing i think arguably the only good thing that he did while he was there was draft christoph Porzingis, and then of course he traded him yeah, yeah. so what do you got what are you guys gonna remember most about the phil jackson executive era with the knicks Uh, hiring Derek Fisher. Yeah, I was literally just about to say he hired Derek Fisher to be the head coach. Oh, it's so it was so bad. It was so bad. It's either, it's either that or him getting into like sort of like the arguments with Carmelo Anthony. You know what I remember? You know what I remember? Public. Do you know what I remember? I remember him tweeting 13 championship rings and misspelling it his first day on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. I I did not know that. Oh, That's hilarious. Bill Jackson. So, I'm going to go through really quick. It's, he, tweeted, he tweeted He tweeted. 11 championship rings, but champ is spelled champ, then semicolon, I-P-N-S-I-K-P, bracket, R-I-N-G-H-S. So yep. not sure. Uh, maybe the peyote kicked in, but. Uh, what? Yeah, what's going on there? Yeah. Um, oh, I want to respond. Through. Welcome to Twitter, Phil. You don't have to wear all eleven rings while tweeting. <laughs> um, I want to go through the records of those Knicks teams while Phil was in charge. Uh, his first, it. his first season, they go thirty-seven and forty-five. The following season, season they go seventeen and sixty-five. Yeah. Um, then another uptick. Uh, this is when they hired Derek Fisher, thirty-two and fifty. 
then they brought in Jeff Hornacek. Oh, yeah, by the way, they had one, two. They had Mike Woodson as a head coach, then Derek Fisher for a season and a half, uh, where they go 17 and, yeah, 65. 32 and 50 with uh, a split between Derek Fisher and the man who loves fitness booties on Twitter, Kurt Rambis. Um, they hired Jeff Hornacek. He goes 31 and 51. Comes back again for a second season. Goes 29 and 53, then gets canned. They bring in Fizz. He goes 17 and 65 in his first season. Uh, and then they go, tw- I got at that point, he's already gone. So yeah. um, it's just bad. It's just so bad. A-, a huge misstep. And he was just a really bad executive. Like there's guys that came out talking about like his, um, his interview style for like potential free agents. And like, I don't know if it was Kyrie Irving or Kemba Walker or somebody, they were talking about how like he made them like eat weird fish as a part of like the draft interview yeah. process. It was like weird shit, like weird, weird shit. I'm um, still here by the way. My camera's just off. All good. That's what I assumed. Um, Anywho, Phil sucked. Let's move on to something else. Um, This was the season. This is David Stern's last season. Or pardon me. This previous offseason, David Stern retired. This was actually Adam Silver's first season as NBA commissioner. Um, We've talked about David Stern on previous episodes um, a lot because I think we can all agree on this. And we talked about this when he passed away a couple months ago. You know, David Stern is the reason that the NBA is the NBA today. I mean, Adam, Adam Silver has done a fine job as the NBA commissioner, but without David Stern, the NBA is not what it becomes today. Nope. No, not the, even close. The expansion would never happen. Like, Nothing. Like when he took uh, over in the eighties, <clears throat> basketball just blew up the moment he took over. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he took to the fucking, over, he took the fucking games off tape delay. The championship like, was, was video with pre-recorded. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's crazy. You don't get the NBA. Like, we're not doing this podcast. We're not talking about these seasons as lovingly as we do if it's not for David Stern. Like, he doesn't, you know, his record is not spotless by any nope. stretch of the imagination. But overall, David Stern was a net positive for the NBA. Um, but this was Adam Silver's first season, and he got hit with some shit this season. And I think he handled it pretty freaking well, if you ask me. Wait, what happened this season? Well, I mean, that's probably the best segue, right? Like, this was the da- this was the Donald Sterling season. Oh, right, duh. Yeah. And he um he he banned Donald Sterling for life. You remember life. when he said that? When he was like, for he was life. like, the, we are banning Donald Sterling from the NBA. And he looked up from his paper and stared straight at the camera and just goes, <laughs> for life, for life. Yeah, it's Ooh. uh that. So I don't know how many of the listeners remember the Donald Sterling situation. So in a nutshell, he's a racist. Yes, I guess that's the that's the too long, don't read version of it. But for the listeners who maybe don't remember the full story. So um, Donald Sterling also, by the way, born in Chicago. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Anyways, irrelevant. So Donald Sterling was the owner of the Clippers um, for for years, for years and years and years. Um, I think he ended up taking over in 79 um, and and led that or like owned the team until this point in time. Um, in this season, he was recorded by his uh, mistress, V. Staviano, um, who apparently his wife was fully aware of and everybody on the team kind of knew about it. And they just kind of knew like, yeah, that's his mistress. She's just always around. And she recorded him uh, and he unknowingly was being recorded. Um, and was talking about Magic Johnson and basically said that it bothers him that she like 
takes pictures with black people and that she broadcasts it all over the internet and that like he's fine if she sleeps with them or whatever he wants to do with them but he just doesn't want her bringing them around and taking pictures with them no um, TMZ, to, i want to clarify all he wanted her to do was not post it on instagram right now right that doesn't make it better it's really still terrible i just want to be clear yeah. he only said don't promote it on instagram this is fair. This is fair. Now, um, this is it because he has friends who hate like, like he like has friends that are for some reason or something like that. He didn't say I, that. The reason he's like stupid as shit. He didn't say that guys, specifically. Do you, do you guys listen to Bill Burr? Do you like Bill Burr? Yes. Yeah. Bill Burr, uh, when this happened, did an episode and he's like, I gotta be honest. This guy is racist. He's terrible. But what he said was not that bad. This guy grew up in this time. And, like, it could have been way, way worse. This oh, guy's sure. parents oversaw the final genocide of the Native Americans. And it's, like, really bad. I mean, like, the you know, Bill Burr's, like, obviously, right, like, right. you know, making the, like, sort of, like, tongue-in-cheek kind of comment. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. And it's, like, it's, like, yeah, man, like, it's still really, really bad. Like, but, like, when you, you, you sit there and you think about it, he, like, he, he makes his comedies, like, you can have sex with them. You can hang out with them. Just don't promote it on Instagram. And it's like, yeah, man, like that's still just really that's like such to, a him, specific to him, thing to, be to him now. as like to him, he's probably thinking, well, you know, it's not that bad. I just don't want to post it on it. But it's like, dude, no, it's still just so real bad. So bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this, like it, this, this was like, just the tip of the iceberg and you come to find out in the coming weeks because tmz gets a hold of this recording and they broadcast it everywhere and everybody's just like going out of their mind then when they start digging deeper because i don't know who the fuck donald sterling was at the time then you start digging deeper into who he was as a person and he had a history he was in the real estate business he had a long storied history and apparently i was just listening to a podcast with blake griffin recently and he was saying like we always we always kind of knew he was racist. Like Blake Griffin talked about when he got drafted, he went to a party at Donald Sterling's house. It was a white party, and he basically was like, he held my hand throughout the entire party and was like showing me off to all the people at the party and like saying things like, "Look how muscular he is. Feel his muscles. Look how big he is. This is my number one pick. This is my new player." Like he owned me, and it was just like the slave mentality that he just had. And he was a known slumlord, had multiple lawsuits uh, and cases against him Dude. for. Like, I mean, it's crazy. It's when, awful. When Elgin Baylor was the GM, he said that, like, Donald Sterling, this was back in, like, the mid-2000s, that he would bring players into the – or, like, bring, like, women and, like, friends into the locker room while the players were, like, showering and changing and stuff and be like, look at these beautiful black bodies. Right. Like, what yeah, the ew. fuck, man? That's weird. I don't like that shit. Like, dude, that, like, that, it's literally, it's, old, it, it's it, I mean, it's literally, say, it's literally, that's a, a slave owner mentality. Like, yeah. that's literally what that is. That's terrible. Honestly, yeah. man, like, he was Adam, Adam man. Silver dealt with this uh, the best way Very he possibly well. could have. I do want to say one thing for Donald Sterling, not in favor of him, but just about him. The biggest upset of all time was the fact that he was forced to sell his team and got banned from the NBA for life, and didn't do what every other old guy in this situation does and die, dude's still around. Oh, yeah. Very Joe Paterno, so. legacy ruined. You know what he did? Said, fuck it, I'm out. Died. Nice. Donald Sterling, I am a racist piece of shit. I do have to sell my team. I'm still alive. 
Well, and the weird part is like his wife is still part owner of the team. Yes, but (laughs) they're they're estranged. So yeah, true, one hundred percent. I I ended up listening to they did a thirty for thirty podcast series about this this exact situation, um, and like his wife and him are like estranged, but like still on speaking terms like it's all it's all really weird the other thing that came up about this and i I ended up rewatching this game this week was this all happened during the first round of the playoffs like this all happened after game four of the clippers warriors series and there was all this debate about is are these players going to forfeit this game as like a fuck you like this if you guys don't take this team away from this guy like we're not going to play and there was all this back and forth they for were weeks Chris and- Paul literally came out and said like I'm not playing for this dude yeah yeah and there was a lot of debate and and Doc Rivers mentioned I, I was listening to a podcast with him the other day he was talking about this and Blake Griffin mentioned this too on his podcast that I was listening to where he was like we didn't really know what to do at the time like it was the playoffs and like. We didn't know whether or not we were going to play. Like a lot of guys were like, let's just not play at all. And then there was like the conversation of we'll just wear red shirts with no logos. Cause like, cause Blake Griffin was like, from my perspective, and a lot of guys agreed with this perspective is like, I don't play for you. Like, yes, you own the team and sure you sign my paychecks, but we don't play for you. Like we play for the city of Los Angeles. We play for the Clippers. We play for Doc Rivers. And like, maybe that's kind of like separating himself from the situation a little bit, but he's like, we never felt like we played for him. Like we just never, he was just the owner of the team, but we didn't have that level of relationship with him. So like the thing that we all agreed, was like, we're just going to show that like, we are not a part of the Clippers. Like we are an NBA team and we're a brotherhood and that's just what we're going to do. Um, and it was one of those things where like, I always like now I think back on it like in a like revisionist history perspective and it's just like was it enough? Did they do the right thing? What what do you guys think? Should they have not played? I think how many games did they play before they got rid of them? I it was pretty quick, so I think it ended up being I think it ended up being fine. Like I think they made they made their statement. I mean, you know, it, it it like. They they made it very clear that they were not supporting him and not playing for him, but they were playing for themselves and the, their teammates and you know their coach and and everybody else. And so, like, I don't think that there is anything wrong with them them playing. Yeah, I think it was all right. I think to play devil's advocate, the only thing I would say is like decisions. Now, the decision ended up getting made, right? So, like at the time, we didn't know what was going to happen. Obviously, Adam Silver ended up doing the right thing and forcing him to sell the team, um, and then. I mean, they ended up getting Steve Ballmer, which fucking home run. That guy's a fucking awesome owner. Yeah. Um, he's a lunatic, but, a, a legitimate sociopath. But yeah, crazy man. he's crazy. He's a crazy, but he's he's a he's a good owner. Um, development, development, development. Yeah, uh, but I will say, like, to play devil's advocate, um, nothing hits harder than like when you hit somebody in the in their pocket. And had they not played, like, that is a way more impactful statement against this thing because like there's no money is made if they don't play so you're you're forcing the nba's hand i think there was a real case for them not to play i'm not mad that they played they made their statement yeah i think had they had they just like put that aside i mean i also feel like series too like they ended up winning this game but like they ended up winning this series three two so it was a very close series so it's not like they could just like give a game up yeah i i also felt like uh I think Adam Silver probably was like, guys, do not worry about it. That guy is gone. He he probably told all of them, like, he, that man is gone before a single person asked them. Yeah. He was like, no, 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 no. We're not keeping him around. We're going to figure out how we can get out of here and how quickly we can. Because everyone seemed so, like, kind of chill. They're like, no, he's a bad person. We're about the NBA and each other. And the NBA was, like, with 
like so I think it, I think it was just the one game that they played and the NBA was like and he's gone. Yeah, I mean he was We're gone with within him. like a couple of days. Yeah. Um anywho, it was a I major know... stain. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go no, go ahead. I was just going to say it was it was a major stain on the NBA at that point in time and that was like a real situation it was a real tough situation for Adam Silver to come into in his first season and I yeah. think he handled it incredibly well. Agreed. I have to go. Okay, I'm no sorry. Uh, we only have two topics left, so All good. I do Here's have to run. But, uh, Here. Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at Tad Hall underscore, and you can follow me on Instagram at Tad.Hall. Anyway, well love you guys. Fucking Talk professional. You love you, bud. All See right. you later. So, <laughs> technology's hard. Um, Tad had to go, and uh, we were it like, off. we'll just go ahead and we'll just we'll keep it going. And uh, apparently when he left, the recording stopped. And Nikki and I had some really compelling stuff. Um, and we're just going to have to try to relive that magic, Nikki. <laughs> we, recorded, worry, I got this. we recorded for like 20 minutes and then realized that we weren't re- recording. So anyway, anyway I got this. Uh, we, all right, we just finished talking about the Donald Sterling situation. Yeah. And now it's time to talk about the... I need to do my Let It Go reprise now, right? No? Nope, you already did that part. We got that, <laughs> we got that covered. It was beautiful. It's hard. Don't try, to, don't try to redo it. It's very hard to do. Oh, it won't go as well. You know, you, it's hard for lightning to strike twice, you know? That's why we record it. Um, let's talk about Kevin Durant this season. This was his first MVP season. This is the UDM, Uda MVP season. Um, he was real MVP. so incredible. That speech was awesome. Um. 32 points a game and led the Thunder to being the number one team in the Western Conference that season. Um, of course, they end up losing to the Grizzlies in the Western Conference Finals. Or, pardon me, uh, not losing to them in the Western Conference Finals far earlier. First second round? round actually. Second round, yeah. I think it was the second round that they lost, and that was a huge upset. Uh, we talked about it on the podcast with Keith Parrish from Fast Break Breakfast and Grits and Grinds. So make sure and check that out if you guys are Memphis Grizzlies fans or just like to listen to Memphis Grizzlies stuff. Um, what do you remember about this season, Nikki? Um, I, well, I was, I know we've already in the past talked about, uh, James Harden being like one of the best scorers in the world, but this three year stretch stretch really makes it feel like it is, should actually be like Kevin Durant. They, the two, he's the best shooter. I feel like, I think it's hard. Cause also Steph Curry so good. No, at shooting. I don't think he's the best shooter of all time. I think he is the I think, best pure scorer. Yeah. Cause he can shoot, ever. he can score from anywhere. He's a three way I mean, scorer. A hundred percent. Steph Curry's the best shooter, but he 100%. can just, I mean, close. Like, I truly think that like Kevin Durant could probably hit th- threes from half court with ease. Just pull up, good to go, go right back on defense. Whenever right back. Want. I mean, give a shit. Give me. And it's automatic. Ease. It's automatic yeah. every single time. Yeah, I was I was saying this when we were, we thought we were recording, but like I don't know that there will ever be another Kevin Durant. It's just it's his combination of size, speed, shooting ability and scoring ability and defensive ability, the combination of those things. Now, Giannis could close the gap if he becomes a better shooter, but I don't know if he'll ever he be those threes. Kevin Durant. I don't know. Probably not. I just don't know that there's ever going to be another Kevin Durant. There's been people that tried. You know, they came into the league, big guys who could stretch the floor. Like, people thought maybe Chris Dowds could kind of be that, but he's like he's like a watered-down version of that. He's not nearly as athletic um, yeah. as Kevin Durant, but, like, Kevin Durant's basically a shooting guard that's seven foot one. Like it's crazy. It, I you'll, I just have never seen it before. And I don't know that we'll ever see it again. He's just such a rare breed. He's, he is the true definition of a unicorn. Yeah. He could be I mean, a little just, stronger. Somebody that's big also, shouldn't be able to move that fast or shoot yeah, exactly. that well. Yeah. Or be able to dribble that well. Cause he's also a good dribbler. He can yeah, dribble very well. Solid dribbler. Obviously really he's got great court dribbler. vision. Cause he's tall as fuck. He can see over everybody. 
I was also going to say this is probably the season that Kevin Durant is loved the most. I agree. One hundred percent to go downhill from here. I mean, I think he'll go back up in Brooklyn. I think he'll pick up. If he can, I've already said it. If he can win one, maybe even two in Brooklyn, then yeah, for sure, everything's washed and he's back to being fine. Well, that'll depend if if he if if Kyrie can talk him into starting their own basketball league. So we'll see what happens there. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, this season was so fun. I mean, he was just so incredibly dominant that entire season. Um, We talked about this before, but. it was a pretty competitive uh, MVP race that season. You know, I think it was LeBron James was in second. Blake Griffin finished third. This was the season that Joakim Noah finished fourth. He was defensive player of the year. It was Went really off. fun for that Bulls team. He was so good. Uh, I think he was like, he was like 14, 12 with six assists a game. I mean, he was and, and the best defensive player in the league that year. Yeah. Um, hands down, like inc- incredibly. So he um, lifted that Bulls team up. He lot. really did. I mean, he was he was the linchpin that that team needed to to be effective. And honestly, a lot of a lot of teams play with their center as the playmaker now, just like him. Like, I would love to see them the Bulls mm-hmm. do that today with Wendell Carter. Like, I would love to see Wendell Carter oh, be the yeah. primary playmaker. Um, because we don't really have offense. a playmaker on the Bulls, so he'd be perfect for that. I would love Come to orchestrate on, man, make him an Arvidas Sabonis type. I would really love to see that. Like, a, make it like a like a Joe Noah two. Not to mention, he's only six nine, so he could probably get his dribbling up. Now, yeah, I know he's, he's not, not a cool he's not a, he's not a dribbler. Yeah, I know he needs to get better at dribbling. Yeah. But anyways, um yeah, I mean, so um this was I mean, this is three scoring titles in a row. This is his peak scoring season at 32 points per game. Leads the team. He's the All-Star, he's the All-Star MVP that year. He's the MVP that year. And I think to Nikki's point, like this is his most likable season that you to MVP speech to this day just like gets repeated on a regular basis and it was one of them like I called my mom afterwards. It was just like it was so powerful to hear him say that. And uh, yeah, man, I like, I always liked Kevin Durant over the last couple of years. I've kind of like soured on him a bit. I think like he can probably do himself some good in Brooklyn, but man, dude, this was, I mean, I watched a highlight video of this season and he was, it's just so, he was so fun to watch and he yeah, and still good. remains still fun to, to watch. Day, yeah. I feel pretty confident saying that he's going to come back and he's going to be exactly who he was um, mm-hmm. for the Achilles tear. I, really I can't wait till next playoffs, him versus Giannis. It's going to be great. Um, all right. Let's move on to the last topic of tonight, which is – or today. Oof. Been a weird 24 yeah. hours. It's uh, 11 in the morning for me, dude. <laughs> I know. It's only I haven't even eaten yet. Like. Oh, boy. Um, this season was the repeat matchup of the finals between the Heat and the Spurs. Now, of course, last week we talked about the seven-game series that was so incredibly fun to watch and so competitive – across the board um, and the Spurs had many chances to win that series uh, and they felt that way so when they when they made their way back to the finals for a repeat performance this is the first time since the Bulls Jazz that we had the same two teams meet in the finals in back-to-back seasons um, everybody was really excited because they thought it was gonna be a very competitive series again two very formidable very good teams two teams that we all kind of thought were gonna be in the finals that year um, and they uh, yeah they go back with revenge on their mind um, And of course, as the listeners may remember, this is the series, and in the first game in particular, where uh, the air conditioning goes out in San Antonio, and LeBron gets cramps, and the Spurs uh, end up winning that game. Um, The Heat win game two, and then the Spurs proceed to win the next uh, three games and win the finals in five games. Nikki, what do you remember about this series? This series was the the Kawhi's coming out part. This is the t- point in time when the whole world realized that the Spurs had another star on their hand. Yeah. Because game three, the first half, the Spurs shoot about 80% from the field. And 
Kawhi Leonard is the leader 100%. He scored 16 in the first quarter. Danny Green had an amazing first half. Uh, Boris Diaw killed it. You you were talking about this one. You you remember Boris Diaw more than I did. I really remember Kawhi Leonard. And this is also the series where Kawhi Leonard gets checked in. And while LeBron James is shooting a free throw, LeBron James mouths the word fuck because he's like, God damn it, not this guy again. Oh, and yeah. this is when the world realized, like, oh, shit, Kawhi Leonard's going to be something to mess to, like, He's not going to be something that you like to just mess with. He's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, like, Kawhi was incredible in this series on both sides of the court. Like, defensively, he was incredible. Like, I think he had averaged, like, two steals a game and two blocks a game nearly. I think so. While also averaging 18 points a game and shooting over 50% from three-point range. Like, he was incredible. But this was really a team effort. Like, you have multiple guys in double-digit scoring, multiple guys that shot over 40% from three. Um like you said, like obviously Kawhi ends up winning the MVP uh, in this finals and really they don't win it without him. Like there's no question about it. Cause yeah. Timmy was fine, but like he wasn't as dominant and like Tony Parker was solid. Manny was fine. Like, but they, uh, this was a true team effort. And like, I, like I was saying when we were recording before, like Boris Diaw was a massive, massive uh, like matchup issue for this heat team. Cause he could stretch the floor. He was a, basically a point guard in a center's body and he was always that way and like he had kind of lost his way um after he left phoenix he goes to atlanta for a little bit that doesn't really work he goes to uh um uh, charlotte and gets fat and and that doesn't really work and then he ends up in san antonio and revitalizes his career and he's really good for the stretch that he's in san antonio and he's the perfect player for this new system that's like a lot of ball movement and stretching the floor that pop wanted to run and he was like a major focal point, like the same way that we talked about Joe Keem kind of like running point. He was running point for a lot of their playmaking in their second yeah. unit and was just a matchup nightmare for the Heat that entire series. Um, he played like 33 minutes a game. Like he was just, just destroying them. Um, but yeah, this was the Kawhi series. And on the Heat side, outside of LeBron, like Chris Bosh was solid. Dwayne Wade was solid, but they just didn't have any depth. Like no, they, they had nothing. Much, they had like six guys, maybe seven. Like Richard Lewis was coming off the bench. Actually, Richard Lewis, I think, was starting. Now I think about it. Like Norris Cole was playing meaningful minutes. Like Udonis Haslam was playing minutes, but they just didn't have a lot of depth at this point in time, and they were just running out of people. Like it was very evident that this team of veteran minimum contracts and like project players. It just, it just didn't work. It just didn't work. And I mean, let me ask you this. We didn't talk about this before. I wish Tad was here for this because I'd love to hear his perspective on this. If, if San Antonio wins the previous season and this season and LeBron walks away from Miami with one championship, is he still the second best player of all time? No. No, right? There's no, no. way. There's no, no way he needed that. It, it's wild that I mean, truthfully, it wasn't even until he got the third one that anyone even considered him second. Well, now nah, people still consider him it, second, it but I, yeah, but I feel like more people are like, ah, maybe he's second. But it, it, but it took the third one for him to get it. He only gets one in Miami with the team that they had, and like how boisterous they were to start the whole thing. Like everybody, I'm like, I, dude, you fit. His legacy would be kind of tarnished. Oh, Not a hundred percent, but still, it would be like you. If could you imagine, like he left his hometown to join his buddies in Miami and only end up winning one after saying they were going to win like seven. And it was like, oops. Yeah, I mean, I um, it's 
it's a it's an interesting question. I was listening to listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about that very thing, where it's just like this is this is a very like the previous season's championship is very pivotal in his because now even though he went to the finals eight straight years, he would have won two, which like going yeah. to the finals eight straight years is an incredible feat in its own right. But two out of eight, two out of eight's not great. Not great. It's not great. Uh, I mean, six or six does sound a lot better. Right, and the championship in the championship in Cleveland against that Golden State, that specific Golden State Warriors team, amazing. Like that's why that vaulted him. That's yeah, that's what put him to a different level. Yeah, but like the first time that they played against Golden State with in uh, when he was back in Cleveland, like they should have won that series. Obviously, Kevin Love and Kyrie goes down, so that hurts him. Yeah, he played incredible. He did everything he could have, but on paper they should have won that season. Um. So yeah, I don't know that that Spurs series though, man. They use they lose that one and like you lose to Dallas and the Spurs twice in four years, and then you're then you're out. It's not a real successful overall. No, period, would not man. be would not be successful. So them winning that one, I mean, he has to thank Ray Allen a thousand percent. Which like I get, it, you can we've already talked about it. You could say the same thing for like Michael Jordan and Steve Kerr or John Paxson. Like it, right. You have to eventually, and and LeBron James is a pass first kind of guy anyway, so it makes sense that the one of the shining moments in his championship would be the fact that he gave it to one of the greatest shooters of all time. Well, he didn't give it to him. Chris Bosh got the rebound. Well, I guess I'm sorry. Yes, what am I talking about? Yeah, he was not the. I forgot about this. Chris Bosh's rebound. Yeah. Um, but still, like he didn't. Yeah, I guess no, no, what I'm saying makes. Never mind completely. No, he 100 just I. Completely forgot it was Chris Bosch who passed yeah, in the ball. There's a rebound and then passed and then yeah, yeah, rebound. Yeah, Bosch. this was a really fun series. And like as a as a person growing up in Chicago who absolutely hated the Heat during this period, I rooted hard for the Spurs the season prior and was devastated when they lost in seven games. And when they won, I felt so vindicated and I was so damn happy to see the Heat lose um, in this series because LeBron went like full villain during his time in mm-hmm. Miami. And Even it was, wore the it black hurt, mask. It hurt him. Yeah, like it hurt his legacy in a real way. Like mm-hmm. really, he went into like full heel mode, and it didn't. It it didn't fit him. It really didn't because he was incredibly likable in Cleveland, and then yeah. he goes full heel mode in Miami. It just didn't. I just. It was a really interesting period of time. It's crazy to think that three weeks ago we talked about him do it the decision, and now mm-hmm. it's over. Yep. Four years in Miami, and it's over. Denzo. His, he's next a, year he goes back home. Yeah, he's got an interesting career, man. Like, we're going to remember him. Like, he was, he definitely, like, brought the player empowerment movement into the NBA, which, mm-hmm. like, all well and good. It's awesome. Like, the yeah. players should be able to play where they want to play, whenever they want to. It should be the, in their full if, control. If they're the, if you're that good, yeah, hundred percent. I understand smaller players not being able to choose where they want to play, but the star, the star, and I think that's why I think that's a big influence from the fact that he was like he, LeBron James is a worldly man, so like he understood like that's how soccer is. He's like, right. yo, that's how we could be. That's how we should be. Exactly. Soccer is the biggest sport in the world, and NBA is trying to get into world related shit, which right. means like. You're gonna. It's gonna become more star driven and not team driven as time right. goes on. Amen. Amen, brother. All right. Well, anything else we want to talk about today before we wrap up? Mm, no. Nah. Tight. Well, let's plug and let's get out of here. Follow me at Nikki Palooza 
All right. And you can follow me at J underscore Keyless on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can follow NBA at NBA Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, please don't forget to give the podcast a five-star rating and review. We greatly appreciate it. It helps us get in the rankings as we've been doing some research and covering these seasons. I uh, hope you really like it. Um, yeah, that's about it. So for Nikki, for Jay, this has been NBA. Well, you know what? Let's do that again. For Tad, for Nikki, for Jay, this has been NBA, and we're out. Let it go.